You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, The Sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? Jab him, jab him, jab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now! Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia presenter and executive producer of the show, Ivan Fonti. Welcome to another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia, brought to you here on this great community radio station, The Sounds of the Bayside, 88.3 Southern FM. The website at Southern FM is southernfm.com.au. Go and look it up. We've got an exciting show for you this morning on Pigeon Radio Australia. We've got Dr. Rob Marshall coming on our Pigeon Radio Australia residential avian vet to tell us about use-by dates on vitamins and medicines and anything else we use on our pigeons. Also, we have acclaimed Western Australian breeder and flyer and pigeon trainer, the great David Van Oust, who has been referenced on this program by a lot of flyers. So we're going to hear from David Van Oust here on Pigeon Radio Australia this week. We've got a lot more for you also, so stay tuned to this station and listen to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. On with the show. And it's a very good morning to my good friend Tony Barbara. Hello Tony, how are you and how are you going this morning? Uh, good evening and good morning to all the listeners and everybody around the world. And how are you going? How's your birds going and that? Uh, birds are alright anyway. Well, that's good. Now, Tony, we have a special announcement from uh, our federation, the Western Pigeon Federation, the WPF. Important message for all flyers. This year's annual general meeting is being held this Friday night, the 25th of the 2nd, 2022, commencing at 7.30pm at the WPF rooms in Carrington Drive, Albion. There are important issues on the agenda this year, including sections and voting for board members and management positions. 
As any or all of these issues may affect you, we ask that you attend the meeting to have your say or alternatively, you may place a proxy vote by contacting present president Ray Russell prior to Friday night's meeting. We hope to see you all there. And uh, I must stress that if you want something changed at your federation, doesn't matter which federation you're from, and they have their annual general meeting, it is advisable that you attend your annual general meeting instead of uh, whinging during the year saying, oh, the board's done this and they shouldn't be doing that and they should be doing this. If you want something changed or if you want something uh, done by your uh, respective federation, please attend your AGM. And don't forget... Carrington Drive Albion this Friday night at 7.30pm is the Western Pigeon Federation Annual General Meeting. Please, all members of the Western Pigeon Federation, please attend the meeting. It's very important. Thanks. Now, we've got some exciting news here, and it's uh, from from Southern FM, the radio station, and uh, it says, who listens to the radio? And it says, thanks to surveys by the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia, Southern FM has a cumulative listening audience of around 80,000 people every week. But our 88.3 signal is not the only way our program can be uh, heard. We also have live stream via our website and on the TuneIn Radio app for smartphones and tablets. Across the past year, people clicked the play button more than 29,000 times and listened to more than 13,500 hours of Southern FM's content. What do you think, Tony? We've got 80,000, they reckon, listeners every week listening to the radio station. That's very good. Yeah, it's not bad. Pretty good. Now, we've got another article here, and I'm just going to read this article because it's very interesting. And it says, Pigeon racing in Lancashire and why the much-loved sport has been flying high for centuries. Colburn and District Homing Club showed off a wealth of sparkling trophies at their recent awards night. It might not be the most popular sport out there, but there are a devout few Lancashire locals with an undying passion for pigeon racing. The activity can see birds travel over 500 miles in a matter of hours as they're tightly clocked in fierce competitions around the world. Pigeons are taken to a chosen location and released tasked with returning their prospective homes the fastest. So there you go. In Lancashire, pigeon racing is growing in the United Kingdom, Tony. So it's taken off. It's taking off over there. So that's not a bad thing. Now, we've had another um, story this week. Listen to this one. 26 stolen, valuable competition pigeons found in a car on the A16. A woman and two men were arrested. Police arrested three suspects early this morning on suspicion of stealing 26 valuable racing pigeons. During a check on the A16 near Maldic, this is in the Netherlands, officers saw the pigeons in a basket next to the three occupants. The suspects are 47-year-old man, a 57-year-old woman from the Ukraine, and a 32-year-old man from Rotterdam. The trio told the police an incoherent story about the origin and destination of the pigeons. 
the rings around the pigeon's feet showed that the animals came from Belgium and not from Poland, as they told the police. An agent of the National Unit found out the rightful Belgian owner threw the rings on the pigeon's feet. After a nightly phone call and a check in the pigeon house by the owner in Belgium, it turned out he was missing 26 pigeons. The pigeons returned to their owner in Belgium. The police suspect that the birds were destined for a new owner in the Ukraine. Due to the circumstances and the way in which the suspects acted, officers believe that the suspects were engaged in mobile banditry. This is described by the police as internationally itinerant criminal groups who are guilty of various crimes such as shop and cargo theft, burglary in homes and businesses, fraud, skimming, pickpocketing, fuel theft and car theft. Now we've got another article here. The father and son. This is another article from uh, the United Kingdom. Father and Ott. Homeward quest for the fastest pigeon. Mick and John Agwin are the reasons why some of the fastest pigeons in the country call West Cornwall home. On a crisp clear morning in the middle of a park just north of London, final checks are made around the outside of a lorry. Pulling a lever... Dozens of traps on the side of the truck open simultaneously, releasing thousands of pigeons into the sky. It all happens in a matter of seconds. Racing pigeons have been recorded, exhilarating from 0 to 60 miles per hour in 2 seconds, faster than a Formula 1 racing car. Passing over the motorways and the roads that give us our fastest route back to the southwest, the birds easily match the speed of the cars below, averaging around 60 to 70 miles per hour in flight. But there are some pigeons ahead of the flock, pigeons who have further to fly, back to far west of Cornwall, back place they call home, back to a father and son. Father and son, Mick and John Angwin, have been on a lifelong quest for the fastest pigeons. It's always been about having the fastest, about somebody else, and if they didn't like it, that was better still. Despite being in his 80s now, Mick is still motivated by winning races with his birds, and it's a competitive streak that runs in the family. With his son John, They run Angwin Family Pigeons, one of the leading breeders of the notoriously fast Dirk Vandenbocks and Leo Harriman's birds from their respective homes in Sancred, which are just 30 metres apart as the pigeon flies. Although Mick and John have raced in partnership for years as Angwin and Son, it is only in the last couple of years that John turned to the hobby into a business, explaining with brutal honesty that buying pigeons from the best bloodlines for speed costs a lot of money, so selling their offspring is a way to finance that. It is certainly not just about making money, John admits. I'm a racer at heart. So I bought the pigeons so that I could race their youngsters. One such pigeon in John's loft is new young Kittle, son of the famous Kittle breeding icon whose offspring have set records and won races worldwide. John was recently offered a staggering £40,000 for this one bird, but turned it down the offer, knowing the value this pigeon has to him as a stock cock. 
And let's have a listen to Mick Angwin uh, telling us about his uh, story about racing his pigeons and a bit of a story about his uh, unfortunate life that he's had. When I first I remember pigeons when I was about six years old. My brother, who was five or six years older than me, he uh, well, he didn't build a pigeon loft. It was more like wire netting, and uh, he used to go down to the farms. And, and pick them up uh, up in the barns down there, ex-racing pigeons, and uh, bring them home to St. Burian. And uh, we used to live right by, right by the church. And uh, I can remember after they'd been in a few days, I would let them out thinking they would stay. But they would go straight back. They would go up on the tower, and then you'd see them all of a sudden go straight off in a straight line for home. And then a few days later, my brother would go down there on his bike and the SE and sack and pick up another lot and bring them back. And uh, I had them until I was about 14. And then I went to Scotland on a holiday um, with my auntie and stayed up there for five years. And then I joined the Territorial Army. I had a big accident. Um, I was a dispatch rider for an officer and uh, I got hit by a flying lamppost at 70 <laughs> mile an hour as uh, going into Leicester the old uh, well they would issue me with a leather riding jacket and I had to use my uh, old army coat and uh, my brother who was a dispatch rider as well because uh, I can't remember nothing uh, he said that it caught in the back wheel and it threw me off and it hit this lamppost when I was flat out at 70 mile an hour trying to keep up with this officer and it broke cast iron lamppost up in the bend and I broke my spine in three places and dislocated it 11 ribs uh, they removed my spleen because I ruptured that um, 11 ribs shoulder blade um, this ankle. I was engaged to a girl at the time, and uh, after that, I don't know, I think I was different. But you was paralyzed for two years. I was paralyzed for two years. I couldn't walk, and they told me I'd never walk again. And I woke up one morning, and I didn't know something was touching me with a feather, and uh, it came back in this leg. And they said, you're a lucky boy. You, you got the use of your left leg, but your right leg is no good. I said, you told me my left uh, my left leg was no good. Now that one's going to be all right. So I used to spend hours in the gymnasium and until I got this one going again. And then I had to learn to walk and I had to learn to run. And you said you were engaged. I was engaged to a girl up there, yeah. And uh, that broke up. I think a lot of that was because of the way I was after the accident, like, you know. Um, yeah, it was our going up there for a while. When I broke up with a girl up there, I, I was, I'd ended up being a charge hand in a, in a chemical factory. And, uh, but after that happened, I decided to come home. And uh, because I was getting a lot of money, I was getting army money, and I was getting money from the charge hand, uh, they were good. They paid me the whole time I was ill. Uh, I bought a 
a Morgan sports car. And uh, when I decided to come home, I loaded up pigeons, everything, and came home. And I started keeping pigeons again in about 1974 or 5. But I had them in 19... before 1950. Um, but I've always had them and I don't know what it is. Once you, go, once you have them, you can't stay away from them. Is it always been about having the fastest yeah. ones? Yeah, always beating somebody else. And if you didn't like it, that was better still. <laughs> somebody beat you this week, you shake his hand and say, well done. And when you get on, you to think. And I won't use the language, but uh, I used to go down the pigeon loft with a stick, but I didn't win. And I'd run it down up there, calling them all the names under the sun. And all the pigeons would be standing on their perches looking at me, you know. Yeah, it was always, yeah, always, we had to win, he's the same, you know, he's well done to anybody who's beaten, eh, but uh, you know they've had to go on to beat you, like, you know. And what did you think of that, Tony? He's got a little bit of a story, that fella, hasn't he? Yeah, so, all right. Anyway, his luck, he, he walked again. Yeah, he was, he was paralysed and he went yeah. back home and uh, he got his <clears throat> birds and, he's, and he wants the fastest bird. And he, and he said, did you hear what he said? He said, I like to win the races. And he says, when the other people get upset that I win, he said, even better, he said. <laughs> I, I reckon he got better because he was thinking of the birds. So that made him recover quickly. Yeah, true. Anyway, Tony, we're going to take a break now and listen to some Australian country music here on uh, Pigeon Radio Australia. And we'll be back after the break with our resident avian vet, Dr. Rob Marshall. On these northern Queensland skies Familiar roads Greet me like a friend I stare at the horizon And the memories fill my eyes As I drive into town It's like I never left Time we'd name butterflies and scrape our knees as we climb the mango tree. We go out to the lookout and pretend that we could fly as far as we could see. There's a part of me that never. About the way the sun sets on these hills that sings to my soul, it's hard to explain, but in the whole, the same. 
requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340551. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons in a health all year round. 
Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035981000 and pigeonvitality.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. What you hear on community radio is governed by the community broadcasting codes of practice. The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content that are of concern to the community, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music content, programs for children and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting to the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this service. Copies of the codes are available from the Community Broadcasting Association website www.cbaa.org.au G'day, I'm Rex Hunt. Here's a product I really believe in. We all use it, can't live without it. What is it? It's water. Now I told you it was a great product. What else has so many uses? Drinking, swimming, cooking, washing, and of course, folks, fishing. But here's the thing. I don't want to sell you more of it. I'm asking you to use less and keep our waterways clean. Otherwise, it'll be a yibbity-yibbity. That's all, folks. The future of water is in our hands. G'day, Josh Gatt, host of Bluestone Sounds, a show about live music and emerging acts. If you're a night owl like me, I'd like to very warmly invite you to come and hang out on your Friday morning, Thursday night. That's right, Bluestone Sounds Midnight Edition. Playing the risque stuff I can't play during the light of day. That's midnight till 3am on your Thursday night, Friday morning. This is Craig Francis inviting you to join me in Seeing in the Weekend with Friday on My Mind every Friday from 4 o'clock until 6 o'clock. It'll be a mix of music, inspirational stories from local people and a light-hearted look at what's been going on during the week in news and sport as well as a regular quiz, a wine and cheese segment and much, much more with as much community participation as possible. Friday on My Mind here on Southern FM from 4 to 6 on Fridays. To watch their faces glow There's more than enough to share To give them tender loving care Come on, dig a little deeper And give that they may grow Pigeon Radio Australia annually supports the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal. We have raised over $30,000 in the past eight years that Pigeon Radio Australia has been broadcasting its weekly program. 2022 is no different. Once again, commencing on Sunday the 3rd of April 2022, there will be 12 lots of top quality racing pigeons listed for auction via the Greater Melbourne Pigeon Federation auction site. We have this year set a target of $20,000 that we would like to raise. If you would like to donate a bird to the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal, please contact program producer Ivan Fontion, 0424531111 or Tony Barbara on 0435-494-133. Or alternatively email your information to info at pigeonmedia.com.au. Pigeon Radio Australia is extremely proud to support the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal and are happy we can donate some money from the Pigeon Fraternity of Australia to help sick children. Please donate a pigeon to the appeal wherever you are and support the Royal Children's Hospital. There's more than enough to share To give them tender loving care Come on, dig a little deeper And give that they may grow 
You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, all the way down under in Melbourne, Australia, the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world. We have our uh, Pigeon Radio Australia vet on the line. That's Dr. Rob Marshall from the Carlingford Animal Hospital. And I've got him on this week to talk about uh, efficacy of vitamins because I know there's been a few rumours going around the internet saying that if you put vitamins out in the loft that it uh, loses its uh, efficacy after 24 hours and also used by on medications and, and vitamins and other things that we give our pigeons. Hello Rob and welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia again. I need to ask some specifics about the vitamins, okay? So mm. are these liquid vitamins or powdered, powdered vitamins? Powdered vitamins. Uh, we're talking about something like f for instance. Well, FIT is a mineral, essentially, so we have to differentiate about what we're talking about, right? Mm. So there's by, what we do for pigeons, we do supplements, and that supplementation is um, trying to balance a diet, um, which isn't provided by uh, those nutrients, not provided by the seed, you see? So yeah. seeds are usually vitamin deficient in certain vitamins, A, D, and E, that sort of thing. So we need to add those to the to the diet in some form. That's either in the drinking water or as a powder. Now, we also have to add minerals because seeds are very low in minerals, especially calcium. They're good in phosphorus but low in calcium, so we need to get that balance up. And we need other minerals, you know, the mineral salts like, um, that, that, you know, like uh, humans will perspire, they uh, perspire salt, uh, sodium chloride, and all the other ones like magnesium, which is for muscle function, they come in the mineral form. Now, minerals, being from the earth, do not denature or, or do not, um, they don't, they, they don't, uh, are not affected by the temperature or anything like that. They're, they're mostly affected by humidity, right? So if you've got a mineral supplement, which is, their fight is essentially a mineral supplement, um, that can be stored. But with all of these products, we, they, we usually like to store them under 25 degrees centigrade. Yeah, so the right. best thing for them is in the fridge, you'd suggest, yeah? Not necessarily, because uh, the fridge can be contraindicated as well. So uh, we, certainly that we, we can't freeze these things, right? So um, the fridge is about 8 degrees centigrade, so, um, and the freezer is freezing, right, right, under zero. So we can't put any vitamins in the freezer, Right, but we, the vitamin, the liquid vitamins, would be best stored in the fridge. But they can also be stored under 25 degrees centigrade in a cupboard. So in winter, if you're using the vitamins, they don't have to go in the fridge, right? Because it's usually under 20 degrees. But if it gets above 25 degrees centigrade, well, then you need to store them in the fridge. You have to remember that the the uh, vitamin supplements have got preservatives in them as well so those preservatives are so they don't go off um, with hot weather 
Now, we have to go and talk about oil vitamins, which are oil-based vitamins. They have to be kept in the fridge because once they're open, exposed to oxygen or the air, they're prone to rancidity, and they're very prone to rancidity uh, in high temperatures. So they're the ones that we like to keep in the fridge at all times. What we're trying to do is we're trying to extend the life span of that medicine or the, that vitamin. Mm. And so if you store them like that, well, then that will keep them fresh and active for two years. All right. Yeah, because the, the rumor that's going around on the Internet is that if you put like minerals out, like, for instance, f or any other mineral out, um, that in 24 hours, it's no good anymore. And you've got to basically throw it out and replace it with fresh stuff. No, that's not true, because what we've got is um, with the mineral powders, they can be stored in, out in the sun. There's no problem at all, right, because they're from the earth, right? Yeah. So they're not going to denature. Yeah. They've been in the earth for zillions of years, right, like the yeah. red desert. They're yeah, exactly you know, very right. hot. You yeah. want them, you want them uh, sterile, you know, that's the heat there, but um, they can't tolerate moisture, right? So you have to protect them from moisture. Yeah. And that's when we've got them in the winter, when we get the high humidity. Um, that's when they have to be changed. If they, if you see that the minerals lose their powderiness and go a bit um, sticky together, they're, yeah. they're absorbed moisture, especially the sodium chloride in it, and then they become, then they, they're prone to infection or contamination. And that's why we have to change them. So that's the main thing, right? Humidity for minerals, don't worry about anything else. Focus on the vitamins now. So my recommendation for uh, liquid vitamins, which is really the highest quality vitamin you can get, is to store it in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, that makes and sense. so when you bring it out and you put it in the drinking water, that will last in the drinking water very actively, under 25 degrees, centigrade that will last for a week if you want to mm. right it's mm. not going to go off mm. under that under the uh, that uh, temperature mm. but it will go off if it's you know very high temperatures mm. yep yeah. yep understood now yeah. we all know that with our medicine cabinets when we get drugs for ourselves for human use that we have to go through our medicine cabinet cabinets now and then and clear out the ones that are expired used by dates and stuff like that that it's not recommended to use it is it the same for pigeon medication yeah exactly right there's a what we're looking at for the medicines is the usual expiry date is two years right that's two years from the um time that that active ingredient was produced so um and to prolong that life to the full two years it has to be stored appropriately and and the label on the packet will say how it's stored most of them are stored under 25 degrees centigrade that's like in a cupboard in a house right yeah so um but in summer in all houses the temperature can go up so my view would be if you want the full two years life of these medicines because you're going through two summers usually is to store them in the fridge but again they have to be in a sealed container because humidity will also uh, affect their um, efficacy as well now um, that said in the drinking water when you mix those in the drinking water they'll be active for a full 24 hours that's why you usually make them up fresh once a day and the time that I like to make them up is 
I, I like to make them up in the morning, right? So you, yeah. you're making them up in the morning, not in the evening, in the morning. So then you've got really 12 hours of activity. You leave them in until the next morning, but the birds don't drink overnight and they won't drink until you, they come in, you feed them. So you make the water fresh with the medicine prior to feeding them. Okay, so it's not advisable to use something that you've mixed the day before and... and, and sort no, of, not at all. No, no. No, okay, no. well, that, that's, that makes that clear because I've had that question asked to me. Can, can I strain the, the water that's left over and mix the extra bit? And I, I said, well, I don't think that's oh, a There are certain medicines that you can do that with, right? So okay. you can do that with enrofloxacin. That's the equivalent of Batril, right? Um, you can make, you can leave that in the water for two days because it comes in a liquid form. Right? Okay, so, all right. Um, so, and for so, so certain drugs, you can do that. Um, for KD, like that water cleanses, you can do that as well. But for most antibiotics, you can't. All right. And what's the reason? Why can't you, can't they do that? Because the the activity of the drug go, uh, it, in that water state, the active uh, the drug doesn't become active anymore. Okay, so it's advisable to mix your medications fresh every day. In the morning, prior to feeding them, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then you leave it until the next morning, right? Mm. So that means you can, the other alternative, you can put it in the morning and they, they can have a drink in the afternoon. That's, you know, that's um, at the most 12 hours, right? Because it's usually a nine to 10 hour interval between feeding. Um, that means that, they'll, that in that nine hours, that drug will be effective, no worries at all. Um, and then you can remove the water uh, and then make it fresh in the, mor- in the morning. But you can just leave it in the morning because they're not going to drink it and rather than have to fill the waters up twice, uh, I usually just leave it in overnight. Mm. Well, that clar- needs to be, so if you gave it at night, then you miss 12 to 14 hours of activity in the drugs, so you don't do it at night. No, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's sensible. Okay. All right, Rob, thanks very okay. much for that, and uh, okay. uh, we'll catch up again. Thank you. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye.
Radio Australia annually supports the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal. We have raised over $30,000 in the past eight years that Pigeon Radio Australia has been broadcasting its weekly program. 2022 is no different. Once again, commencing on Sunday the 3rd of April 2022, there will be 12 lots of top quality racing pigeons listed for auction via the Greater Melbourne Pigeon Federation auction site. We have this year set a target of $20,000 that we would like to raise. If you would like to donate a bird to the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal, please contact program producer Ivan Fontion 0424531111 or Tony Barbara on 0435-494-133. Or alternatively email your information to info at pigeonmedia.com.au. Pigeon Radio Australia is extremely proud to support the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal and are happy we can donate some money from the Pigeon Fraternity of Australia to help sick children. Please donate a pigeon to the appeal wherever you are and support the Royal Children's Hospital. There's more than enough to share To give them tender loving care Come on, dig a little deeper For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. 
Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340 551. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor When everything keeps changing to know how to feel. So if the last couple years have left you with mixed emotions, you're not alone. Search Beyond Blue Coronavirus for free tools, support, or to have a chat today. Hi, Matt Welsh here. In Australia, drowning is one of the biggest killers of kids under five. So take a few minutes to check your pool barrier set for this summer. Visit kidsafe.com.au to find out how. Because safe barriers save lives. From St Kilda to Clayton, you're listening to 88.3 Southern FM. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world, musically speaking, from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2pm, for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ. there it's me graham the garden gnome if you want to know everything about where i live in your garden listen in to molly's blooming hour every saturday at 4 p.m only here on 88.3 southern fm I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away And I always knew I couldn't stay So I had a dream that I'd just fly away You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, The Sounds of the Bayside And I always knew Pigeon, stop the 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 pige
You're tuned to Pigeon Radio Australia here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And uh, you're listening to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is www.pigeonmedia.com.au. And the Southern FM website is southernfm.com.au. We have on the line a new correspondent for Pigeon Radio Australia, and he's from the VPO. He's the treasurer. His name's Paul Katsaitis, and I'd like to welcome him to the program. And uh, first up, Paul, tell us a little about little bit about the history of your pigeon racing. How did you start, and where did you begin? Okay, Ivan, uh, thank you very much. Good morning to you and your listeners. Um, I did start about eight years ago with the VRPU, and have been flying with the VPO over the last six years after an invite from Joe Angelino and Merv Abbey. All right. And uh, how do you find the VPO? How's the VPO I'm going? I'm very happy with the VPO. We're very flexible. Uh, give us the opportunity to basket up here in Wallen and collect our birds from here. So they've made racing for us very, very easy and very enjoyable. Now, when when I first initially uh, called you to be a correspondent for the Victorian Pigeon Organisation, you said that you wanted to relay a message that all pigeon fancies should be friendly with each other. You just want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, as, you, as you're well aware, Ivan, there's, there's some disgruntled people about. Um, I'd like to see pigeon flies uh, unite and uh, we're all wanting you to do the same thing, enjoy pigeon flying. If we can cut the politics out and get on with pigeon flying and help each other where we can, that's just something we should aim for. Yeah, that'd be great. I think I think that's a very good message that you're relaying to the whole pigeon fraternity. Definitely. Um, how how are you going to present the uh, results and 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 uh, like because I know that we haven't had results from the VPO for a while. And how how will you present them? Well, hopefully um, uh, we we can come across and uh, present present them on a weekly basis and uh, just let you know. The positions that have been obtained um, with our section winners and, and our fed winners um, and uh, give some encouragement to those who are coming up in the ranks and flying. Yeah, Paul, that'd be fantastic. So um, we look forward to hearing you uh, during the uh, season when we start racing. And what, what track are you guys racing this season? Well, Ivan, we've decided to uh, follow the north track again. We've tried to do that in the last two seasons. Unfortunately, as, as you're well aware, we've been in lockdown so many times and, and managed to only get four or five races in. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll do the north track and continue along that and get the whole season raced. Oh, that'd be fantastic. All right, we look forward to uh, hearing you when uh, the racing season starts and uh, thanks for accepting our invitation to be on Pigeon Radio Australia as a VPO representative. Thank you very much, Ivan. Thank you for the invite and the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, Paul, and uh, have a good day. You too. Cheers.
don't touch that radio dial because we'll be back after the Southern FM National Radio News to talk to David Van Alst from Western Australia. We all know David Van Alst has been uh, recommended by a lot of pigeon flies that we've interviewed on this program. So it's time to hear from the man himself after the Southern FM National Radio News. So we'll be back after the news with more of the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world that's pigeon radio australia Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? Let him, jab him, tab him, grab him. You're tuned to Pigeon Radio Australia here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is www.pigeonmedia.com.au and the Southern FM website, go and check it out, is southernfm.com.au. We have a special guest on the line from Western Australia and uh, I'd like to say that a lot of the guys that we've had on pigeon radio a lot of the flyers in australia always refer to this fella and i'm glad and pleased to welcome to pigeon radio australia david van Els. hello david and how are you yeah how you going there ivan yeah very good mate very good um tell us tell us uh well as you heard in my introduction a lot of the flyers that uh we've had on on the radio have always referred to your birds and they've had a lot of success with your birds what what was your start in pigeons how did you get involved in pigeon racing oh yeah well thanks for that yeah it's always good to hear uh, people doing well with them mate um yeah i started with them when i was 11 um so that was about 40 years ago i started with birds and i managed to get um in touch with some good people i started off with a, a friend of mine's father he uh taught me the ropes and it took a few years till I've actually first started racing. I was probably about 15 when I was first started racing um, once I moved. But yeah, so it was some time ago, mate. Hey. Yeah. And um, you've had a lot of success. Well, your birds have had a lot of success all, all over Australia. Um, when did your success start in pigeons? 
Yeah, well, when I first started racing, it probably took me three years to win my first race. So that was back in 89 when I won my first race. I lived in a country town, probably about six, 40 to 60 k's away from where, I am, from where I'm living now and racing against um, the people in the area that I live in now of that time. Um, so it took me a long time to win a race. So I was really right out of position out in the bush. Um, but yeah, you, you, you got your days now and again and, and yeah, so from there, it, I end up moving probably sometime later. I end up moving to this location um, in Hall's Head so I could do a bit better once I left home and everything else. And then in probably 98 is when I made my fresh start again. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think I won 10 weekends straight with young birds in my first year over here. Well, your success with birds are importing birds from uh, overseas. And uh, when did you first import your first pigeons? Yeah, well, uh, earlier on in the piece, I had two basic lines. The Huben line, um, which my friends Peter and Wendy Binks, they they actually sent me over to, to Mr John Hansen um, to select birds for them. I knew the bloodlines, they were the Lou brother pigeons, um, and I had young family, it was kind of out of my reach, and they just said, well, you know, you, you've got a bit of an idea of birds and that, how would you like to go and get some? So they basically sent me over with a blank check, um, and I had to ring them up before I, um, before I signed the, the final figure, of course, but um, we ended up buying about... Uh, it's probably about 11 birds at that time. I went from one end of the loft to the other. I knew all the breeding and the DNA in my head. Um, so I basically went after the pigeons of children of Sindaloa and the champion producer. I don't know if you know the hen, but um, they were some of the better ones. And I think Santee as well, we got something from. So I got those. I had them here for a year. Um, I inbred them half-brother and sister to the champion producer hand, and that's how I produced that art line, which has been doing very, very well all over Australia. Um, and also in the background, I made my own line, which was the Judd Van Loon line, which goes back to a hand that I got from Ray Hunt back in 93, I think it was, and I still have that line uninterrupted to this day, and they're still winning um, across Australia, especially in Brisbane um, and other places and that. So for all that time, I had those birds, and then I was never really in a position to import pigeons. I always wanted to, and then I got to a certain age, and I thought, well, if I don't go now, it's never going to happen. So... I forced myself and a guy backed me again. We end up buying from Flanders first off. Um, and then <clears throat> I seen Marcel Zangers, who was a friend of Marcel. I seen he had gold dust there. So even before he raced from gold dust, I was one of the first to buy from her because of the, the DNA lined up with where I was trying to head. Um, and then I, met, I think I mentioned to my friend, Mr. Uh, Jack Vanderlinden about what I was doing and he said well can you get me a couple as well so we got the first children of gold dust into Australia and lucky for us they were all hens because um, that's what I wanted I wanted that mitochondria of the hen line on the bottom and uh, so we got those and then I 
found another chap with some guys in England, the Fennick brothers. They had a whole round of Dirk Vanderbilt pigeons. Um, they had a pigeon they called Red Alert. I think he won eight first feds. So I tapped into those lines as well and, and numerous others. So I, I guess once I started important, I kind of got hooked, mate, hey, you know, and it, it, it wasn't easy for me. I put myself under a lot of pressure. But, um, yeah, it all seems to be working out and made a couple of mistakes. But I always tried to buy pigeons in twos by the pair. Sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't financially or the way things worked out just to give myself a better chance of getting – a good bird out of a pair, if you know what I mean. Yep, yep, yep. I know exactly what so, you mean. Um, yeah, so um, basically from there, but I've imported quite a few now. I've just got a couple more to come. I've, I've got enough here now. We've just got to sort them out. I haven't raced from them all. Um, you know, like even some of the imports I won't race. The Daughters of Gold Dust I won't race. I don't have to race. They're in, in high demand. I've only got a couple left the last three years. Most of my pigeons have all been sold, mate. Hey, it's um, it's quite overwhelming how uh, people are chasing these pigeons, the Vanderbilt pigeons. But I always, you know, you, you believe in what you believe in. But I, I flew over there twice in twelve months to to actually see for myself. And you know, we are we are normally we have been like 15, 20 years behind Europe in Australia. I felt, don't take that the wrong way, but... Um, no, I, 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 sorry to interrupt you there, but I, I agree with you. Some of these guys that are, that are um, sturt uh, fanciers of the Aussie line pigeons, the old lines that were imported from England back in the 1800s, they would disagree with me or you, but I agree with you. I think we are way behind Europe. Yeah, no, I respect those old Aussie bloodlines and there's horses for courses, you know, and I don't do distance races anymore. Um, so I respect that. But I think, you know, pigeons do become outdated um, if you don't improve on them or bring in the right cross. And what, you know, when I was younger, I thought you've got to keep things pure. You know, you can't cross. And then I found out the hard way that, that doesn't work, you know. And then as soon as I crossed the pigeons, I won my first federation race over here where I'm living now. And that just, that was with a Van Bremen pigeon. Stephen's a good friend of mine. And and that, that taught me a brutal lesson that, you know, you can't just keep going on pure bloodlines. You've got to cross and improve, you know. But I like to breed to a certain bird or a key bird. So that key bird must be in the pedigree at least twice, and and that's how I kind of operate in a small degree, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you reckon are the most successful uh, uh, imports that you imported? What, what's the what's the one that stands out in the loft? All right. So I'm a little bit behind some of the others who have bought in the Vanderbox earlier than me. It's still very early, but the two daughters of Gold Dust, direct from Gold Dust, um, are both responsible for first fed winners because I never raced from them, I only raced from their children. So I think I won first fed last year um, with one of those daughters, or the granddaughter of Gold Dust. Um, and also I, I raced one um, bird from the imports from the son of New Kittle and... Um, the Piviski hen, the Aussie Roo, the red hen that I got, and I was my only bird home from the Young Bird Derby from 600 kilometres on the day, and there was no other birds home in my club. I'm a, I'm a back marker, so I'm right at the back. Um, 
which is good and bad, you know, but it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, so so those pigeons, the, the, the smaller ones, will do the distance, I think, up to 600, 650 max. But, again, I think you need to cross them. A lot of people are getting the Vanderbalks and keeping them together. I think it's a mistake you need to, to cross them, you know. So that's why I went out and bought different pigeons that will cross in them, like, the Sagan pigeons, red alert pigeons, red alert pigeons have got a different hen line. So you've got to step out sometimes and then come back in to get the best out of them. That's just my opinion, you know, and that's, um, you know, so that that's where we're at. But to say which is my best, it's still early days. You know, I got a, a double D, uh, double inbred grandson of D-Jan that I went to Marina's place and, I, a place and I asked her to pair him a certain way for me. I got the cock out and we put it in the, we put only a, we only put in a small team in the Gold Coast. I think she was first to fifth to sixth in the, the pre-races, but failed in the main race for whatever reason, you know, but she was leading Ace Bird in Australia for quite some time. Um, but yeah, I, I really can't say yet on what's the best, mate, eh? Well, you've been to Europe and you've been to a few of these lofts in in Belgium and and probably in the Netherlands. Um, tell us some of the people that you've visited over there and who who have you found helpful to to your like advice that they've given you and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, I, I met a few, and I don't I don't want to miss anyone out, and and no one's in front of anyone, but. Um, Marcel Zangers, you know, made me. I said, you know, Marcel, I want to come to Holland one day. He said, David, just get a ticket, man, and just jump on the plane and come over and start my place. And I was just, just overwhelmed with that, you know. And so I, I done that. And from there, I, I seen quite a few people, you know. So I went to Dirk Vanderbilt's place, Marina Vanderbilt's place, um, Rudy Van Reith. Um, also one that was very, um, made a great impression on me was Yali Rosa. Um, you know, his hospitality, what he, because it was kind of at the drop of a hat because some plans had changed. Um, <clears throat> I had a fantastic day with Yala and I learned so much in one day from him. It's, um, it was amazing. And because I have a lot of respect for the Huben family, which are my main base family, he, you know, he took me to the Huben lofts and then he took me around to see Luke. So I was very, very happy and impressed with that, you know. So, but there's, there was other guys. I hope I haven't missed anyone out, but they all went out of their way. Stephen Van Bremen uh, gave up his time for me as well. And, and there's others, you know. Yeah, and uh, when you met Luke Huben, <laughs> being your favourite birds, the Hubers and the base family in your loft, uh, what was yep. the feeling you had when you when you actually met one of the Hubens? Yeah, it was because we we went to see the old loft. We, we ran out of daylight, and we we went and seen the old loft. I said, Luke, you got to. I said, Yellow, you got to take me to see Luke's old loft, and that's where I lived. And he said, oh, I jumped in the car. And I said, Oh, where does Luke live? And he said, Oh, he lives just around the corner. We can pop in if you like. I said, Really? I, I just couldn't believe it, you know. And I went and sat in there with him and spoke to him about the birds that um, Peter and Wendy Binks bought from from the Lou Brothers, um, from John Hanson of those birds. He said he remembers that quite clear. They were so he, him and his dad were saying at that time they were, they were some of the best ever to leave their loft in one group at that time. You know, um, so yeah, no, it was just fantastic. And and Yala as well. You know, he, his wife was pregnant. She'd been at work all day. Had three 
two or three other boys there and he says, you need to stay for dinner. And I'm like, no, I can't. It's okay. He insisted, you know, and yeah, the hospitality was, you know, it's just unbelievable by those people, mate. You know, I've got a lot of respect for them. Yeah, Yeller's come to my place and visited me here and uh, I, I consider him probably one of the best friends I have in pigeon racing that's uh, in Europe. Yeah, yeah, very knowledgeable too, you know, oh, and uh, yeah. it just has common sense and sees it as it is, and that's that's the, that's pigeon. It's a pigeon sport is a thinking game, and if you can problem solve and find the right reason, the real reason, you, you know, you got a better chance, you know. Now, any of the advice that these people have given you in Europe, you, have you used that advice in Australia with any success? Yeah, that's an, an interesting one because we race like. We race in winter. They race in summer. They do widowed. I still don't. I don't race widowed. Some of them do. Yellow races to the perch. Um, so, yeah, n- not not a great deal. No, it's. Um, I, I just kind of. I just wanted to see their birds and 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 experience that time over there. But I didn't take on too many methods, so to speak, mate. Hey, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, your personal race results over the years, what what are your most memorable and, and win, wins in, in pigeon racing? Yeah, it's, um, like I said, I'm a back marker, um, which is good and bad. And the WA's coast kind of arcs around like a banana, and I'm out on a dog leg a bit, so I'm not making any excuses, but... I have to fly across the water for the last half, sometimes the whole of the race where the others don't. So they have to fly 20 kilometres out to sea to be online. So it, it is tricky, but we get our days, you know. And I think by having it with our little, the bar set a bit higher, um, it's allowed me to find and create better pigeons, you know what I mean, by not having a ideal loft location, you know. So as um, far as wins goes, I remember last year the first race was 214 Ks. I, my wife was racing and we were first and second th- fed. She was three seconds behind me, but I had 13 together to, to win the fed by nine wow. minutes and 20 seconds. 13 yeah. together, what distance was that? Uh, two fourteen kilometers. So yeah, that and so they were the Vanderbolts crossed with the Hubens. Um, they, I've I've never had a result like that before, mate. Hey, and I probably no, never will. You know, on the drop like that—that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, and and even the Young Bird Derbies, I pride myself try to do well in those. I didn't go in uh, this year due to COVID and, and everything else. I was a bit slow in getting things going, but um, I think it was. Last year, um, I I was a bit slow again in getting them going. They hadn't been on the truck, and I jumped them to 600 kilometres, and I think I was third fed with two on the drop um, all day flight. Um, a couple of years before that, Youngbird Derby, I was second fed with three on the drop. Um, the winner was 100 kilometres closer to the race point, and I had to fly across the water um, for the last – yeah, probably 100 k's across the water. So yeah, I couldn't do much better than that. But I, I'm okay with that, and it is what it is. Um, and we just do our best, you know. Yeah. Now, um, to breed good pigeons, what what do you reckon is the best method of feeding, or what what method of feeding do you do to breed good youngsters? Because I think a yeah. lot of people neglect birds when they're breeding their pigeons. 
and they sort of say, oh, they're just stockies and they sort of just give them the scraps and stuff like that. I've seen a lot of people do that. What, what's your What's your opinion on that? I think it's probably more important than racing. And I, I enjoy breeding more than, than racing. I, my, that's where my heart is, is breeding pigeons, the genetics and all that. But um, I think everyone tries their best, but it's not easy, you know. Sometimes I've tried high protein, and I think you can go a little bit too high with the peas. I, I'm still learning like everyone else. I haven't found that sweet spot yet. But um, I think, you know, if you can give them amounts of fat, and a certain amount of protein, but not over the top, you know, um, that's probably where you should be. And and even with um, food additives and that, I've tried doing it every day with oils and that, and that doesn't work either. I think you've just got to do, find that probably twice a week, a little bit of um, cod liver oil or fish oil on the food, you know, and, and brewer's yeast and that. But you can try too hard, and I've definitely done that at times, and I think we all have, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, for racing, uh, what 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 feeding method do you use for racing? Do you sort of for the for the shorter races have a lighter mix or more of a fibre mix, or how do you, how do you do it? Yeah, well, I think um, you know, I think it's like there's many roads lead to Rome, you know, and and you know, you talk to three or four different flies, they'll give you different different answers, but I think. You've got to, my feeling is you've got to give them protein when they come home. Maybe you've got to get to put the energy back into them. So you want a bit of small seeds and you want a bit of protein to fill the tank back up again, right? Right? And recover that burnt muscle. And then again the next morning. And then after that, I would probably go lighter, you know, with mainly wheat diet and a little bit of barley and whatnot for the for the half the rest of the from about half a week and then start to increase the energy again a bit more corn um not so much peas back off on the peas and and then a little bit more like oils and that like fats you know um so our first race because i'm the i'm now at the back our first race is sometimes 200 kilometers or 300 kilometers the first race of the season so, um, we, you know, you, you need to have them having an, an enough energy. You can't go, some guys go starvo. I've seen it around me, but they don't last. You burn out if you, you know, if you go too lean. Um, so yeah, so I think in the longer ones, probably like the 300 onwards, a little bit more fats, but before that more carbohydrates and maize, I would say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you prefer <laughs> racing hens or cocks? Um, definitely hens, but for the first six weeks, you can get some good results from cockbirds, you know, it's, um, with the races being shorter and that, but when it gets to 600 Ks all day f- flight, my money's on a hen. I probably wouldn't even send a cock, you know? Mm, interesting. And, um, yeah. do you medicate while you're racing or do you get veterinary advice first or do you just do what you do or how, how do you yeah, do no, your medication? No, of course, because I mean, I think we've got two great vets here in Australia. That's my opinion of what I what I'm, my dealings with them, and and I work with both um, if I need to. Um, yeah, of course, you have to medicate. I wish you know, I wish we didn't have to, but you know, you have to do the basics of worm canker and respiratory. Even if you give them like I've done in the past, honey and garlic and 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 vinegar and all that, you can get them at a pretty good level. But when they mix 
on that on the truck in, with the air and drinking together and whatnot, you inherit those issues, you know, of those other birds. So unfortunately, you know, even with these European birds, bringing in the good genetics was was one thing, but you've also brought in some some of their issues, health issues, and that which um, changed the ball game a bit. You know, like years ago, I didn't have to do so much. Now I have to do a little bit more um, until we get everything back to a balance, you know. Um, and in talking about, yeah, I agree with you in that you've got to have a balance. And, and yeah, and, and we do have two great fits in Australia. We're very lucky in that in that department as well. Um, yeah. What about your uh, breeders? Do you medicate the breeders? Yeah, and again, with those, my best years are when I'm not, but at times I've had to, you know. There was one time I didn't treat for canker for five years in the breeding loft, and then out of my wisdom, for some weird reason, I thought I would do it, and and it brought the problem back, you know, if you can believe that. It brought the problem back, and my... One of my my mentors, my main mentor, Art Van Dungeon, he was one of the best WAs ever seen. He he advised me, don't treat the breeders unless you really have to, you know. So I will worm them, um, but I very rarely give them them give them canker medicine. But if a baby has a bit of canker, I will use a bit of flagell. I'd rather give it to the baby than treat the old birds. I think once you start treating with anything, you've got to continue it on. And then it just goes to the end, you know, it just, it just keeps escalating, you know, and, and we don't want to go that way, you know, it's, uh, we want, obviously we want to have them as natural as we can. And I think, you know, products like KD and VK are very good because they help with bacteria and that once a week I will do that and, and I will give them vitamins. That's, and that's about it, you know. Yeah. Um, what are your views on promoting pigeon racing in Australia to gain more interest? What's what's your opinion on that? That's a tricky one. You know that, hey? It's um, <laughs> I, I, I wish I would have been thinking about this one. I, I I don't I don't really have the answer, but I think you know with, with Facebook and and the internet, getting things out there, getting our sport known. I think a lot of people think we don't exist so um we need to we need to get out there like you know advertisements on the trucks and and whatnot but we also need to make it more family friendly and uh, i think one of the things our club is looking at which we're behind everywhere else but is clocking into the cloud you know and and so we can um get our results without having to go back to the club so giving the family more free time making it more attractable you don't have to spend so much time doing birds you know as well it um mm. it doesn't really answer your question but it's no. um that's that's just how but, i feel but i'll ask you, know? you I'll, I'll ask you another question there um in, in saying that a lot of people here in melbourne that we, when we talk about uh benzing live and stuff like that that you don't have to go down the club to present your clock so you got more time with it a lot of the older fanciers uh, turn around and say, "Oh, yeah, but that takes away all the social atmosphere out of the sport." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I knew, I knew that. I knew that was coming. Yeah. And but I, I think, I think if you've got together, you know, just a bit less, you know, like on fed races, got together and then had a couple of weeks off. That, that's just my feeling. That's what I want, and I wish I had it. Like for the last fifteen years, when my kids were were younger, as I'm getting older, I'm probably I'm happy to go to the club, you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 
it's up to the individuals of what they want to do, you know. Yeah. Now, is there anything that you would like to uh, relay to the Racing Pigeon Fraternity of Australia and the world? Because we get the whole world listening to us. Yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned before to you, um, we've been trying to get some birds away to some international one-loft races. And only a few weeks ago, I got notified again that I could be the um, pigeon collector for Australia to send birds to the the big race in Bataya, the 1.8 million US race in Bataya. So I've just been running around trying to tick a few boxes, but we're hoping to get a small team away um, in July. I've spoken to a few flies and then I'm going to, um, once I find out a bit more information of what's required, I'll let everyone know. But we're trying to get a small team away just to break the ice. And then next year, hopefully we can send more um, over. But there's a bit of red tape and stuff we have to work through, but we're getting through it, you know. So I think I think that'll be good for promoting the sport, getting our birds into an international race, you know, yeah. and just for a bit of fun and just see where we stand, you know. Mm. Um. In the in the in the way of uh, sending the birds over there, are there any restrictions? Whereas in the viruses that we've had here, for instance, the rotavirus or anything like that. Yeah, so no, no, there isn't because there, there's rotaviruses, different strains, of course, and different issues all over the world. You know, when I was in Holland, um, and there was they were selling uh, there was vaccine for sale for rota two years ago. You know, um, so what I I have never. Um, inoculated my stockbirds for rota. Um, they've never caught it. So I would only want lofts, clean lofts, and that's going to be very hard to believe, police. But even with Paramix, I haven't had that either. Um, I, we want to just get clean birds over there. We would need to uh, inoculate for rota um, before we send it. We don't have to. That's not a requirement. They just need to be done for um, Paramixo and pigeon pox. But I want to do rota as well, just in case. But the rest of the world's got their own issues, and these people are well aware. And that's why I had the, the, the role last year I chose not to because I didn't want to be uh, responsible for sending something um, another issue over there and plus with um, COVID as well it was there was, there was no flights and I thought we'll just hold off a bit longer so if we can get guys with clean birds to, to send we'll give it a go and everyone's aware of the, the repercussions over there and, and of our problems as well they're aware of it you know. Yeah, well, that's a good thing that uh, we can get some birds over there. Now, if anybody wants to contact you to buy birds or to inquire about sending birds to Thailand, uh, have you got a website or can have you got a phone number you'd like to give out? And- yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just updating the website and that. Um, I, I don't have much for sale at the moment. I've only got a few left from this year, but um, yeah, I'll get my website up and running again the next couple of weeks. But um, you can find me on Facebook and that. But I, I really don't have a lot at the moment, you know. But it's not. Um, but in the future, it's possible, you know. So um, yeah, we can try that way, you know. Oh, that's fantastic, David. Look, I'd like to thank you very much for being a part of Pigeon Radio Australia uh, today and um, uh, best of luck in the future, future endeavours in breeding, importing and also in racing. And uh, it was quite a pleasure to have you and speak with you today. No worries. Thank you so much for your time, Ivan. I appreciate it, you know. Yep, no worries. Thanks very much. 
All right, mate. Take care. I'll be in touch, all right? No worries. Thanks. Bye-bye. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeon's inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. 
We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern Ep- Your reward is to watch their faces glow There's more than enough to share To give them tender loving care Come on, dig a little deeper And give that they may grow Pigeon Radio Australia annually supports the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal. We have raised over $30,000 in the past eight years that Pigeon Radio Australia has been broadcasting its weekly program. 2022 is no different. Once again, commencing on Sunday the 3rd of April 2022, there will be 12 lots of top quality racing pigeons listed for auction via the Greater Melbourne Pigeon Federation auction site. We have this year set a target of $20,000 that we would like to raise. If you would like to donate a bird to the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal, please contact program producer Ivan Fontion 0424531111 or Tony Barbara on 0435-494-133. Or alternatively email your information to info at pigeonmedia.com.au. Pigeon Radio Australia is extremely proud to support the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal and are happy we can donate some money from the Pigeon Fraternity of Australia to help sick children. Please donate a pigeon to the appeal wherever you are and support the Royal Children's Hospital. There's more than enough to share To give them tender loving care Come on, dig a little deeper I know fire. I know that burning embers from bushfires can travel 30 kilometres, lighting new fires in seconds, like the one that burnt my house down. I know extreme fire danger ratings or above aren't announced often, but when they are, you need to be ready. Check the Vic Emergency app daily and be prepared to leave early. How well do you know fire? Plan, act, survive. Go to emergency.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. There's lots of kids who can't get swimming lessons at the moment. I know. How can they learn about water safety? Children can learn through play and exploration, but always under supervision. And don't forget our free online resources. There are songs, dances, puppet shows, stories and more. That's right, girls. Visit kidsalive.com.au for water safety education. I'm Laurie Lawrence. Kids Alive. Do the bye. This is Craig Francis inviting you to join me in Seeing in the Weekend with Friday on My Mind every Friday from 4 o'clock until 6 o'clock. It'll be a mix of music, inspirational stories from local people and a light-hearted look at what's been going on during the week in news and sport as well as a regular quiz, a wine and cheese segment and much, much more with as much community participation as possible. Friday on My Mind here on Southern FM from 4 to 6 on Fridays. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world, musically speaking. From the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto. From the Colosseum to the Pyramids. From the London Bridge to Golden Gate. 
Tune in every Wednesday 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain DDZ. Get a load of tech. Upload, download, reload with TechLoad. Updates, news, tech experts. Get tech ahead. Drive tech. 6 to 7 every Wednesday with Sandra Spencer here on 88.3 Southern FM. Radio Australia, here from the studios of Pigeon Media in Melbourne, Australia. This is the only devoted Pigeon Radio show in the world. Tune in live worldwide via our website at www.pigeonmedia.com.au. Tune to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. And our website's address at Southern FM is southernfm.com.au and pigeonmedia.com.au. Don't forget you can catch us on Facebook. We've got a group there called the Racing Pigeon Global and it's got about 90,000 members there from all over the world who love talking about pigeons, sharing their photos and videos about pigeons also. So go and check it out on Facebook. Also our Facebook Pigeon Media, Pigeon Radio Australia Facebook page and don't forget we podcast these programs. Uh, You can catch this podcast after the program, you can download it and we podcast via the Podbean Network. So go and check out our podcasts and right now uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about flapper vc the book that mark wilson wrote about uh the pigeons in the war and uh i've got a little uh little segment made up and a reading of flapper vc so go let's go and have a listen to the story of flapper vc Hi everybody, today we're going to read this story called Flapper VC. It was sunrise on the last day of spring when the little white egg hatched and out came a fluffy little pigeon. First he learnt to drink milk, then he learnt to eat seeds, and finally he learnt how to fly. When he was just three months old, Flapper was taken away from his loft, then released. Flapper could see his loft in the distance and flew straight to it. It wasn't long before he was taken so far from his loft that he couldn't even see it. But somehow he knew where it was 
and flew straight home. He did the same thing every day for the next six weeks, going further and further away from his loft each time. But he always found the way back. While Flapper was training, a war was being fought far away. Australia sent troops to fight and many animals were sent to help, including horses, dogs, donkeys and pigeons. The pigeons did very important jobs carrying messages back and forth through the jungle. Flapper's owner thought he would be good at carrying messages and decided to send Flapper to the army for carrier pigeon training. First, Flapper had to get used to his new mobile loft. The loft went wherever the soldiers were sent. Then he had to get used to the sound of gunfire and explosions. He couldn't let them distract him, but instead had to fly home with a message strapped to his leg. The explosion scared him so much that he got lost on his first training flight, finally arriving home well after dark. When Flapper finished his training, he was put on a ship and sent off to war. Flapper's ship dropped anchor off an island to the north of Australia called Manu Island, and he was taken ashore with the soldiers. Flapper had never heard so much noise. There were aeroplanes, tanks, trucks and soldiers everywhere and in the distance the terrible sounds of battle. Flapper was sent on his first mission the next day. He was with a patrol deep in the jungle when the soldiers needed to send an urgent message back to base. Flapper had a message attached to his leg and was released but on the way he was shot at by enemy soldiers. He managed to avoid the bullets, but in his panic, Flapper became lost. Many hours later, Flapper found his mobile loft back at the base camp, arriving home tired and sore. But somehow, he had lost his message on the way. Even though Flapper had failed his first mission, he was needed for a patrol the very next day, and two other pigeons were sent with him. They were both bigger and stronger birds than Flapper, so they would be used first if needed. The patrol was deep in the jungle when, bang, bang, enemy bullets whistled through the jungle, just missing Flapper. One enemy bullet hit the radio the patrol had with it, smashing it beyond repair. Enemy soldiers had quickly surrounded the patrol. The men needed to get a message through to let the rest of their battalion know that they needed help. But with no radio, the pigeons would have to do the job. The biggest pigeon was taken from the basket and released with a message. But as he rose up into the air, enemy fire rang out through the jungle and the pigeon fell from the sky. Rain clouds were gathering above the jungle as a message was attached to the second pigeon and he was released. He flapped his wings hard and had almost cleared the treetops when... Once again, enemy rifle fire rang out and he fell to the jungle floor. Flapper was now the patrol's last hope of getting a message through. Explosions and gunfire rocked the jungle, getting louder and louder. As the soldiers took him from his basket, Flapper was trembling. A message was attached to him. Thick smoke from exploding shells drifted through the jungle and, to make matters worse, heavy rain began to fall. Then, Flapper was released. A bullet whistled past him, then another, but Flapper ducked and weaved his way through the smoke. Suddenly, there was a terrible explosion nearby. Flapper was thrown off balance. Confused, he turned this way and that. Then the smoke cleared and he saw a gap through the trees. 
The rain stung Flapper's eyes and the wind blew hard, tearing at his feathers. He could no longer see the jungle below, but he knew which way to go. Lightning flared and thunder boomed, but he flew on. Then, with his strength almost gone, he saw through the storm a tiny flash of light in the distance. He had made it home. Flapper settled on his perch, too tired to shuffle along to the little feed bowl at the end. A soldier came and carefully undid the strap holding the message Flapper had carried home. Two hours later, the patrol was rescued, thanks to Flapper's bravery. Flapper VC was inspired by the true story of Australian carrier pigeon DD43Q879, who was awarded the Deccan Medal for conspicuous gallantry and devotion to duty. It is the animal equivalent of the Victoria Cross, the highest award for bravery. The medal was awarded posthumously in 1947. This book is a tribute to Flapper and all the animals that have gone to war, many of them paying the ultimate sacrifice. It is sad to note that because of Australia's strict quarantine laws, very few of these loyal creatures were allowed back into Australia. Long may their stories be remembered. And there's a fact sheet in the back here and it says, Pigeons can live from 3 to 5 years through to 15 years and they mate for life. They lay two white eggs that both parents incubate for a little under 3 weeks. The squabs, which is the name of the chicks, are fed on crop milk by both parents. During World War II in the islands north of Australia, radios weren't reliable in the jungle. Radio lines could be cut, portable wireless often failed in the extreme humidity and they could not transmit a map or sketch of enemy positions but a carrier pigeon could. Carrier pigeons can start training when they are 12 weeks old. It is believed they use low frequency sound waves to mentally map their environments and navigate back to their lofts. In 1942, at the height of World War II, when the call went out for carrier pigeons, 13,500 birds were donated in Australia. Once they were trained, the carrier pigeons could rise up to 2,000 feet over a distance of 5 kilometres. They delivered messages through storms and gunfire over mountains and seas and rarely failed a mission. The messages saved many lives. Two carrier pigeons attached to the Australian Army have received the Dicker Medal for Bravery, the animal equivalent of the Victoria Cross. Sheds are silent and the stock camps full and quiet. When the Gigi coals no longer glow across the outback night, and the bushes forced to hang a sign, gone broke and won't be back. And spirits fear to find a way beyond the beaten track. When harvesters stand derelict upon the windswept plains. And brave hearts pin their hopes no more The chance of loving reigns When a hundred outback settlements Are ghost towns overnight When we've lost the driving heart we had To once more see us right When pioneer means a stereo And dig us some back home And the outback is behind the house There's nowhere else to go 
Danzac is a biscuit brand, probably foreign gold. And education really means brainwash and neatly You have to bake a loaf of bread to make a decent crust. And our heritage, once enshrined in gold, is crumbling to dust. And old folk pay their camping fees on land for which they fought. And fishing is a great escape, this until you get caught. When you see our kids with Yankee cats, resentment in their eyes. And the soaring crime and hopeless hearts is no longer a surprise. When the name of R.M. Williams is a yuppie clothing brand. And not a product of our heritage that grew off this great land. And offering a hand makes people think you'll amputate. And two dogs meeting in the street. Call a mate When political correctness Has replaced all common sense When you're forced to see it their way There's no sitting on the fence Yes, one day you might Find yourself an outcast in this land Perhaps your heart will tell you then I should have made a stand Just go and ask the farmers that should remove all doubt Then join the swelling ranks who say Don't sell Australia out Then join the swelling ranks who say Don't sell Australia out Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Mead stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340. 551. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. 
you'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. 88.3 Southern FM. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2pm. Travel the world, musically speaking. From the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto. From the Colosseum to the Pyramids. From the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2pm, for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ. Oh, well, Tony, it's time to say goodbye. We've had a great show today, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Same time, same station here on 88.3 Southern FM for Pigeon Radio Australia. So it's goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Ivan. Goodbye to all the listeners, and goodbye to everybody around the world. And we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, we certainly will with more of Pigeon Radio Australia, and we've got some exciting guests coming up now. Uh, I have uh, lined up a few guests So uh, we'll catch you next week here on Pigeon Radio Australia. Cheerio. Stop the pigeon. Stop the pigeon.